No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Sometimes we can have the right motives and yet do things in a way that needlessly exhausts us and others. Today we see where Moses' father-in-law gives him advice that is great for anyone in leadership. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 18 on Simply the Bible. The children of Israel were now camped at Mount Sinai, and Moses was about to have his family drop by. We pick it up in Exodus chapter 18. And Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back with her two sons, of whom the name of one was Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. And the name of the other was Eliezer. For he said, The God of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness, where he was encamped at the mountain of God. Now he had said to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and your two sons with her. Earlier, we are told that the name of Moses' father-in-law was Ruel. Here he is called Jethro. The Hebrew could be translated either father-in-law or brother-in-law. Therefore, we cannot be sure if Jethro was the father of Moses' wife or her brother. Either way, Jethro was a priest of Midian and Midian was a son of Abraham by Keturah. Jethro brought Moses' wife Zipporah and his two sons when the children of Israel were camped at Mount Sinai. You'll recall that before Moses went to Egypt, Zipporah circumcised their youngest son, Eliezer, because Moses had neglected to do it. But she wasn't very happy about it calling Moses a husband of blood. Evidently, Moses sent her and the boys back home to her father after the incident. They are never mentioned as being in Egypt during the time of the plagues. So Jethro now brings them to Moses for a family reunion. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other about their well-being. And they went into the tent, and Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had come upon them on the way, and how the Lord had delivered them. Moses kissed Jethro, but it never says anything about him kissing his wife. We are curious concerning the relationship between Moses and Zipporah. What little we are told seems to indicate that it was strained, mainly because, as a Midianite, Zipporah did not appreciate the Hebrew practices. Such differences are often the case where two people are unequally yoked. When Moses had left to go back to Egypt, Jethro may have questioned the wisdom of this decision. I mean, 
what did Moses think he could do? But as Moses explained everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and how he delivered Israel with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, Jethro could see that God's hand was upon Moses. Then Jethro rejoiced for all the good which the Lord had done for Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord, who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh and who has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all the gods, for in the very thing in which they behaved proudly, he was above them. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and other sacrifices to offer to God, and Aaron came with all the elders of Egypt to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. It is beautiful, and we can simply testify to what we have seen and heard, and God gets the glory. So many times, people want to take credit for the good that happens, but when we can share what the Lord has done, it causes others to rejoice and to give praise to Him. And Jethro said, Blessed be Yahweh. Now I know that Yahweh is greater than all the gods. Jethro could see how the Lord had humbled the Egyptians and their gods. So what did Jethro do? He presented a burnt offering and other sacrifices to Yahweh. There were primarily three sacrifices. The burnt offering, where the entire animal was offered. This was the offering of consecration. The sin offering, where a portion of the animal was offered. And the fellowship offering, where a portion of the animal was offered and a portion was eaten by the worshiper. It was like having a barbecue with God. Since Jethro offered a burnt offering and other sacrifices, probably one of these was a fellowship offering, Aaron and the elders of Israel brought bread and they all shared a meal. Jethro became a worshiper of Yahweh, confessing that he was greater than all other gods. Likewise, God delivers us from this world and from our sins so that our friends and family can see that Jesus is real and that he is good in the hope that they also will follow him. That is why it is so important that we share the good news of what the Lord has done for us. Verse 13, And so it was on the next day that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. There was an estimated two to three million people with their various disputes. Keep in mind that they were freshly out of the bondage of Egypt, and many did not know how to handle their newfound freedom. Moreover, they were a stiff-necked people. Think of how contentious they had become when they didn't have enough food or water. I can only imagine how difficult it must have been for Moses to keep the peace. So when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, What is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a difficulty, they come to me, and I judge between one and another, and I make known the statutes of God and his laws. No doubt, Jethro 
was shocked to see how the people lined up from morning until evening to have their cases tried by Moses. But rather than immediately offering advice, Jethro asked Moses, So, Moses, what are you doing? So Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out, for this thing is too much for you, and you are not able to perform it by yourself. Listen now to my voice, and I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people, so that you may bring the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. It is possible for a person to major in the minors. It is possible to get so weighed down by what everyone else thinks you should do that you're not able to do what God thinks you should do. There is the need to prioritize, to know the things you are gifted and called to do, and to delegate the other things to people who are more qualified to do them. This spreads the load around and keeps you from burnout. It also keeps you running in your lane and working in your area of expertise. When I start to get stressed out because I'm juggling too many plates, or I've allowed myself to become overcommitted, then I have to remind myself that the Lord's yoke is easy and His load is light. Maybe it's time for me to delegate some stuff so that others can serve the Lord too. There's a novel idea. Jethro gave Moses good counsel. As a priest himself, Jethro knew that a priest has two roles, and Moses needed to give himself to these. First, he needed to represent the people before God. Moses would bring the difficult cases to God. Second, he needed to represent God before the people. Moses would teach the people the commandments and ways of God. Verse 21, Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they themselves shall judge. So it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. If you do this thing, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all this people will also go to their place in peace. Jethro gave three requirements for the men who would serve as judges. Number one, fear God. To fear God is to hate evil. Those who fear God do justly and treat others with respect. Number two, be men of truth. They needed to love the truth and also to be able to discern liars. Number three, they needed to hate covetousness. They could not take bribes. Then there would be rulers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Some would be better equipped to judge a smaller group. Others would be more talented in overseeing a larger group with other judges under them. They would handle the smaller cases and only bring the larger ones to Moses. If God approved and Moses did these things, then justice would be meted out quickly and Moses wouldn't be burnt out. 
So Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. So they judged the people at all times. The hard cases they brought to Moses, but they judged every small case themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way to his own land. Moses heeded the voice of Jethro and did all that he had said. We assume that God did approve, for he never overruled these practices. Moreover, a very similar situation and resolution occurred in the early church, where the apostles appointed seven men to oversee the daily distribution of food so that the apostles could give themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. The result was that the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Later, we will see that Moses was the meekest man in the earth. He was willing to receive instruction, even when it came from someone outside of Israel. Sadly, many people are unwilling to receive wise instruction from others. Some Christians won't receive good advice from non-Christians. While we should be careful not to walk indiscriminately in the counsel of the ungodly, if someone gives us good advice, regardless of who they are or where they come from, we should at least take it to the Word and prayer and see if perhaps the Lord would have us take it to heart. God gives grace to the humble. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where the Lord enters a covenant with Israel on Mount Sinai, But before the people meet with God, they must first prepare themselves. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Exodus on Simply the Bible.